everybody to Developing the Leader Within You. This week we are talking about serving others, being a servant leader. So um, I just want to encourage you that we're going to do some really great activities this time. And some of them are going to require that you are more open and willing. All right. So I just encourage you to um, just be open and willing and trust where this is going to go today. OK, um, I can assure you those leaders that I've worked with that are more uh, based in servant leadership are much more successful. So uh, um, as compared to maybe that authoritative leadership. So I'm going to share with you today several things. So let me get to this next slide here. All right, um, we're going to talk about the background of servant leadership, what it really means. Uh, I'm going to share with you five daily practices. So if you really want to up-level your experience with this um, servant leadership idea, you've got to do these five things. And they're very simple, but you've got to do them every single day, okay? Then I have eight questions for you that I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to go through rather quickly, um, give you a couple examples and stories. At the end, in the resources section, you'll also have the eight questions. I have several little activities for us to do and, of course, some homework. All right. Are you ready? OK, let's do it. So I love this quote by Zig Ziglar. If you help people get what they want, they will help you get what you want. So we're really talking about this idea of empowerment leadership. So if you were to look at John Maxwell's The Five Levels of Leadership, this would be level four and level five leadership. So this is the highest level of leadership that you can get to. So the idea with servant leadership is that you serve the people that you lead in such a way that you are constantly um, challenging them, encouraging them, asking them to come up a different level, right? So if it's somebody new who's never maybe worked in the workplace before, you're going to empower them to do the, maybe the basic things to do their job well. Uh, if it's somebody who has risen to maybe a leadership position, you're seeking to empower them to whatever that next step is. Okay. And I think a key here, especially when you're your servant leader is to really think through what is that person's definition of success? What is their idea of the next thing? And you're empowering them to get there versus uh, somebody in, in more of an authoritative leadership role might say, hey, listen, I see that you're, you're lacking in this area. Change this. Okay. That's the difference. All right. <clears throat> My mother, Virginia Melton, was very fond of saying, always leave a bathroom looking better than when you found it. Now, my mother being in a, a good Southern home um, was always about making sure that when we go out into public, especially that we are, are giving a good impression, right? And I got to say that probably about 15, maybe 20 years ago, I had this epiphany. I was... Uh, in a restaurant bathroom and that thought rang through, right? So uh, for those of you who who believe in the power of uh, kind of what I call downloading beliefs, right? Somebody can give you that belief and all of a sudden you find when you're, you know, 25, 30 years old that you're cleaning a bathroom and you hear your mother talking to you, right? So I had this epiphany and it, it said something like this, how come we talk about bathrooms like that, but we don't do that for people? And so my next thought was, how about always leave a person feeling better than when you found them? 
And that began a, um, a journey of sorts to kind of get me to where I'm at right now with my business. And my philosophy is really that, you know, somebody asked me the other day, we were at a networking event and they're like, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, basically what I do is I help people understand what it is that they want and I help them get it as fast as possible. Um, another way of saying that is I really want to honor where somebody's at right now and then try to figure out what's the next thing for you and how can we get you there? Right. And sometimes I tell people I'm a thinking partner. I help you think through how to get from here to there. So that's really what servant leadership is about is understanding that everybody is on this path of growth. Some people aren't aware of that. Some people might be aware of it and might be fighting it. And other people are well aware and they're looking for help. And so your job as a leader is to find all of these people. Where are they at and how can you help them grow? Okay. Now, you know, some of that is a little bit more nuanced and we're going to talk about how you how you do that throughout um, your day and, and your week and everything. But um, I really want you to understand that the, the, the essence, the basis of servant leadership is to help other people grow. All right. So here are our five daily practices. So every single day when you are in a leadership position and many of you are, you wouldn't be taking this course, right? <laughs> the first thing you have to work to deserve respect every day. You can't come into the office and say, you know what, I'm the leader, you need to respect me. You've got to, you've got to deserve respect every single day. Okay. Especially with your new staff, you've got to show them that you have a reason to be respected. Not just because, you know, you've lived a certain number of years on this earth or you've been in this position or role for a certain amount of time. So therefore you should be respected. You've got to earn that. Okay. Another thing, you've got to believe in other people's potential. Okay. So some people, they have great potential. And again, they're on that journey to, uh, you know, living that out. Right. Other people, they have great potential, but they're not aware of it. And so they need somebody in their life to remind them that they can do things. And if you don't believe in their potential, how are they going to move along in their journey? Okay, if you don't believe in your staff's potential or your teammates, whoever you're leading, if you don't believe in their potential, how are you gonna serve them or help them grow? Okay, next thing, see things from their point of view. I understand how uh, easy or difficult it could be to kind of get into the mindset of, hey, listen, guys, we just got to do this. Like, I, I don't really care what's going on with you. We just got to do this. Like, I don't know, wild and crazy idea. Be to work on time, right? Um, try to see things from their point of view. Sometimes it's going to take you to step back a little bit and do some thinking. Other times it's going to take you to do something like, you know, reach out to them and say, Help me understand why you're late so much, okay? So if you've got to do your own thinking or you've got to work with somebody and, and understand it from their point of view, whichever one you have to do, but see things from their point of view. When there's a problem or issue or challenge, always default to number three. Try to figure out things from their point of view, okay? And then cultivate an environment of encouragement. You know, in an environment of encouragement and growth and support, you actually have happy brains. You want happy brains because happy brains create really good hormones. And out of that come excellent behaviors, actions, and words. Okay. So a lot of people think that you can change people's behavior by, you know, just telling them what to do. When in reality, that really doesn't work. 
Um, if you're interested and, and you've not been exposed to it yet, you can reach out. We um, we do a class often talking about stick chick, the, the diagram that talks about how your conscious, your subconscious and your, your behavior all kind of comes in, into alignment together and how you can make true change in somebody's behavior. But the, the most simplest boiled down method is create a, an environment of encouragement because you're going to have happy brains that act happy. Okay. And then measure your success um, by value that you add, not the outcome. So have you ever been in a position before where you thought, okay, all of this stuff is, um, oh, let me give you a great example. The other day I was working with a coaching client um, and he was giving a presentation. It was his very first sales presentation. So he was very excited, very young guy. And he had done an amazing job preparing, at least in his point of view, um, and he didn't make one sale. <laughs> and he said, oh my gosh, this was a horrible failure. And I said, well, let's look at it, let's evaluate this. And when we went through, we realized, actually he had done an amazing job, not just in his presentation, but he added tremendous value to the team, enough so that instead of not making the sale, these folks realized we are nowhere near being able to make a decision about this sale because we've got some significant challenges over here we need to take care of before we can come over here to make the sale. Now, I know based on human behavior that once this, this team comes together and fixes their issues and they're on the lookout to buy something, guess who they're going to buy from? Exactly. So I'm, I, I counseled him, listen, eventually they're going to come back and they're going to want to buy from you because you added so much value to them, how could they not? Okay, so sometimes when we're working with um, employees, staff, team members, there can be an issue that we're trying to work on and we really want that one thing to be solved. But in reality, we've got to back up a little bit and you got to measure your success by, did I add value to these people? Yes or no? Okay, that, that's a, a much better way, an easier, gentler way to live, especially when you're a leader and you've got so much that's coming at you all the time. Wouldn't you want to have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, just a little bit of more encouragement for you too, right? All right. So what can I do for others to help them succeed? This is the first of those eight questions. And remember, I'm going to have those in the resource section for you. So this is about helping somebody else succeed, right? This is about helping them win. So it can be somebody in uh, an individual position, much like this coaching client I was working with, or it can be a group. So I I often get asked to come in and do um, presentations, trainings, or ha have a speaking engagement. And I always follow the same process. Um, sometimes people will see on my website, oh, I see you can do this and, and come on in and, and help me. But in reality, I wanna have a conversation with you and I wanna know, um, you know, what are your challenges? What are your, your successes, your issues? Um, because I can design something just for you right? Because my goal is to help you win. My goal isn't to make money. My goal isn't to fill my schedule. My goal is to help you win. And if you come in and you say, we want this. And as I have a conversation with you and I realize, Ooh, no, you really need this. Well, if I did the first thing that you had asked me to do, that wouldn't help you get your win. Okay. That's what we're talking about. So sometimes we come in with our own preconceived notion of, 
I want this problem to be solved with this staff member, when in reality, that's not their definition of success. Sometimes I've actually experienced it where a staff member will, you know, they're just not ready for what I'm asking them to do, right? They've got some maturing to do. But then there's been times when I come in and I'm like, hey, man, we got to do this. And I realized through talking with them, their perspective about that situation is so much bigger than mine. And I realized, oh, I was, I'm kind of missing. Like you see this from a different perspective that's going to actually make a bigger impact. And so now I've got to come into alignment with your idea, right? So I get a win just because I'm listening to them to what their definition of success is. I, I put a, a quote of my own in there. Give them what they want before they ask. Uh, what do people need from me daily that they might not ask for? So I think about this with my kids, you know, and I think this is an easy one with kids, right? Um, so for example, right now we're, we're having an issue um, with my 12 year old. She'll be 13 next week. And she um, just has this belief that she doesn't need to do any chores, right? And so I know that daily, she needs me to be a mom, not a friend. Her future needs me to be her mom who's going to help her understand some things. But her present needs a mom who is grace-filled. And so as I'm working with her, I'm thinking that through. I'm going to challenge her to keep growing, and I'm going to do it in a grace-filled way because the definition of help here for her daily is that her mom loves her and is challenging her, okay? Um, also for my spouse, what does my spouse need from me daily that they might not ask for? So this requires me to be on the lookout for things that I know, like for my husband, um, one of the things I know he absolutely loves because he has a certain personality type is he loves when he gets all those, um, he gets texts, right? They have the, the videos and the images and the stickers and all that kind of stuff, right? And not just one, but like, 10. And he likes them when they tell a story, right? Um, now, I, for one, I don't really care about that. I, It's not that big a deal to me. Um, quite frankly, most of the time I see it kind of as an interruption. Uh, and it's not something that he's ever asked me for, but I know that it makes his heart happy. It encourages him and I, it makes him feel like we have a connection throughout the day. So I will do that for him because I know he likes it, okay? Think about new staff. So you can look at uh, lots of places have what we call induction programs. So you have your, your training. This is how we do things here, right? You also have maybe a, a mentorship program where you're paired up with somebody and they kind of help you through your first year, first two years, whatever. Um, but as the leader, ask yourself about your new staff. What do they need from me daily that they might not ask for? So something that's typically what I call off the book support. So it's not something that they might expect. And it's not something that you've written down, but you think about it and you provide it for them. For example, if you know that somebody is very highly people oriented, very relational, that new staff member might need for you for, for quite some time to check in, not have an extended conversation, but just to make sure that first thing in the morning you notice them and you're like, hey, how are you, right? If you know a new staff member is um, maybe a little more cognitive, um, cautious, and you know data and research and rules driven, you might want to check in with them and say, "Hey, is there anything I can help you with today?" 
right? Is there, is, how, how are things going? Do you have any questions? Okay, so you really want to just put yourself in that person's point of view and provide something small every day that they might not ask you for, okay? That separates true great leaders from those who are just kind of fulfilling that, that position. All right, so now I want to do a guided imagery activity, okay? So uh, this will also be in your handout. Uh, or resource section. So what I'd like you to do is really quickly, just, just set your stuff down uh, and go ahead and sit back, relax, take a couple deep breaths, and I want you to close your eyes, okay? Trust me, please go with me on this, okay? This is really, really important. Okay, so I'm gonna hold up a, a folder here so you can't see my face because I really want you to focus on this, okay? Your eyes should be closed anyway, but I, I really want you to focus. All right, so sit back, relax, take a few deep breaths and close your eyes. Imagine you have achieved your goal of blank. So think about a, a goal, okay? Can be any goal. All right, so I want you to imagine that you have achieved that goal. What will your life look like when you have achieved your goal? Okay, so imagine um, that there is a, a picture or a photo of, of what your life will look like. Okay, be as specific as possible. So for example, what time of day is it in this picture? Um, who's with you? What clothes are you wearing? How do you feel when you've achieved that goal? Okay. Now, we're only gonna do one picture today, but in the future when you do this activity, it's helpful if you create three different pictures of success. Okay, so keep your eyes closed. When you achieve this goal, what will people be saying about you? What will you be saying about yourself? How will you feel? Have you ever felt that feeling before at any time in your life? All right, so get in touch with what that feeling is. So as your eyes are closed, I want you to think about um, that feeling of how it feels to be, you know, maybe you said successful or peaceful, whatever that is. Where in the bot in your body do you feel that feeling the most? Maybe your belly, your chest, your head. If the feeling has a color, what color is it? If the feeling has a shape, what shape is it? If the feeling has a temperature, what is it? If the feeling has a texture, how does it feel when you touch it? Can you think of any adverse consequences to achieving this goal? Is this still a goal you want to work towards? Yes or no? Awesome. So 
Now you can open your eyes, but I want you to think about what is one small action step that you can do to work towards your goal. One very small thing that you can do today and write that down. And now, after this webinar is done, your job will be to go and do that one thing. Okay. This guided imagery activity I use all the time with myself and also with coaching clients. So there's a ton of science behind this. I know it might have felt, especially the first time, it feels a little weird, feels a little uncomfortable. Like, what is Michelle asking me to do? Um, but what it does is it, it forces you to get in contact with your subconscious brain um, and really try to understand and anchor that goal. So what you're doing is you are downloading a belief into you about this goal and you are more likely to make this goal happen just because you've done this activity. Okay, so this is something that you can use for yourself in your own leadership where you say, you know what, I want to I want to think about a goal for my leadership and and let me go through this activity. You can also do this with staff members that you have that are working on a goal and and they're open to this. Say, would you be open to doing this activity with me? Um, you can you can do that with them as well. Play around with it. Have fun with it. It's it's supposed to be something that's fun and and see goal setting and goal attaining are two different things. Goal setting, many people will set a goal, but a lot of people fail in their goal attainment. This is another way to do, let's say, an improvement plan, right? But what it does is it gets deep down in you. It's kind of like a, a vision board for your soul, right? And then you're more likely to, to reach your goal just because you've done this, okay? Try it out. See if it works for you. If it doesn't, that's okay. But I hope it does. All right, next question. What can I work on that will help me be a better servant? So there are several areas that you can work on. Um, this is that personal growth area that, that if you want to be a better leader, you got to start here, okay? So the first thing is your attitude. Are you more of a positive person or more of a negative person? Because let's face it, have you ever been out to maybe a, um, a restaurant and you've had a server and you could tell like, they weren't really into their job and they definitely didn't really care about you. Now contrast that with a person who has a very positive attitude and, and loves their job and loves people and they serve you in a different way, don't they? Yeah, the same is true for you in your leadership position. Okay, your skills. Um, just the skills, especially of communication and relationship building. Uh, if I could tell somebody how to be a better leader or one area to focus on for the rest of their life, I would say communication and relationship building. You got those and you are a pretty good leader. Okay. Your behavior, you know, th this is related to attitude, but it's a little bit more um, responsive, I guess. It it's really looking at, you know, when you're in an interaction, what is your preset or default? So for example, do certain behaviors or issues or challenges from other people, um, do, do they cause you to act or react in a negative way, right? Which is closely related to your belief because uh, actually I was having this conversation with my husband last night. Um, we were talking about words and the words that you say. And he said, you know, um, 
he said this certain thing about being sick. And I, for many of you who follow my work, you know that the last two weeks I've been in an intense state of healing. Uh, I don't prefer to say it's a sickness. It's an intense state of healing. And he said, you know, you can't just speak something into existence. And I said, oh, yeah, you can. Uh, when you tell yourself that you're tired and you're miserable, guess what? You're going to be tired and miserable. I truly believe that, right? And so we were talking about the words you speak. And I said, you know, when you speak something, the words themselves don't have that power. It's the belief that causes the words to come out. So when you speak something, the words are, are themselves a result or an effect or, or an outcome, right? So then you take those words and you say, huh, what's the belief behind those words? So if I say, oh my gosh, I'm so sick, right? I got to back up and say, okay, what do I believe about myself? First of all, if you say that you're, you're so sick, you know, does that tell you that you need something, right? I mean, maybe you need some rest. Maybe you do need to go see the doctor, right? But maybe it's that you realize, ooh, you know, I, I need, I just need a rest from people, right? Um, but when you speak, the belief is the thing that creates something in your life, okay? So maybe as you're going through and you're working with your staff, you, you say something or you do something and you're like, oh my gosh, that's not how I wanted to handle that. Okay. Don't put a lot of thought or energy into what you said or what you did back up and and what's the belief that's driving that behavior okay that's what you really want to work on all right so here is another activity i want you to set your timer for five minutes five minutes um I, I really need you as a leader to be a, a really good servant leader. You have got to start with yourself. You've got to start with self-care and serving yourself because let's face it, who's going to do it, right? So you're going to set your timer for five minutes and you're going to come up with a list, very short list. It does not have to be the things on the screen here. One to three things that you can do to serve yourself. Now, it's not good enough just to come up with those three things. I want you to make a plan. So for example, one of the things that I came up with, I kind of fell into this summer was, um, I found that when I'm traveling, when I go to a hotel, immediately running the bath water and getting in the bath helps center me. It gives me a much better sleep at night. It helps me wake up more refreshed in the morning. It's one small way that I can serve myself, which allows me to serve others better. And the moments or the, the, the times that I did not do that, well, that was a little more difficult. Okay. So my one thing would be when traveling, I'm going to take a bath and my plan is start the bath water as soon as I come into to the room. Okay. So spend five minutes and think about your three things and your plan. All right. And next question is, how will I know I'm serving well? So, you know, you can start off with all the intentions in the world, but how in the world will you know? So here are several things. I'm not going to cover them all. I'm just going to talk about a few briefly. So the first one, um, communicating the vision. So your job as the leader is to constantly paint the picture for your team of where you're going right? So whether it be in a staff meeting where you remind people, or maybe you're having a, a coaching meeting, a one-to-one -one meeting, and you're reminding them what the goal is that you're working on. 
Um, or maybe it, it would be with uh, somebody who who's maybe even outside of your team, but looking to work with your team, communicating with them. This is the vision, right? So when I'm contracted to come and speak, I want to know what's your vision, because how can I help you win if I don't know your vision? Okay. Um, ask them how they can exceed client expectations. So this is a great one when you have an issue or problem or challenge. Let's say you're having a staff meeting about it and you're saying, guys, we, we got a problem here. You know, this thing that's happening, number one, it doesn't align with our vision. Number two, it's keeping us from serving our clients in the best way possible. How can we do better? Ask them. Instead of you coming in saying, all right, here's my laundry list. This is what you got to do. Let it be a brainstorming session where you say, you know what? How can we serve these people better? So one thing that's going to do is show them you're a part of this team and your, your voice matters. But it's also going to show them that it's their responsibility to serve. You serve them, they serve clients, right? And not only that, they're probably going to come up with much better ideas, simpler, easier, less cost-effective uh, or more cost effective measures than typically you will because their perspective about the situation is different. Okay. And take personal responsibility for delivering what others need. I think we've already talked about that a little bit. Um, not putting it always on them, but if you can in some way possible, help them in some way, that's gonna, that's gonna show them they're valued and that you care about them, which of course helps build that relationship. And let's face it, you want to do something more for somebody who's done something for you, right? Yeah, the law of reciprocation. All right, another activity. Now this one is really, really, really important, okay? If you have to give yourself a grade right now on how well you're serving others, what would your grade be and why? Okay. Um, actually, ironically, I'm going to a parent-teacher conference tonight where I'm going to find out some grades. So I must have been thinking about this when I put this together. So think about serving others. So it does not have to be in your current leadership position, but think about, um, you could think about all of your positions, right? So for example, if you're a parent, if you're um, a community organizer of some sort or leader, if you're a boss, if you're a team member, if you have to give your grade yourself a grade on serving, you can either give yourself a, an overall grade or you could give yourself like your GPA or you could give yourself um, a breakdown through all those things uh, or areas that you serve. OK, so spend five minutes thinking about your grades. Do it now. All right, another great question. What's it look like for people to work for me or with me? So this one is a really good one. I'm talking about blind spots. Um, you are identifying issues versus defending yourself, okay? You want to know what the issues are. You don't want to spend time or energy defending your yourself, your actions, um, your reasoning, okay? And really keep in mind that your people watch your actions. So a servant leader understands that your people are watching you. They don't spend a lot of time doing things the other way around. Authoritative leaders are constantly watching their people in the hopes that they find something so that they can fix it. 
Whereas servant leaders understand that as you're moving and you're serving other people, people are watching you. Okay. Um, ask them for their feedback often versus telling them what to do. All right. And then resist the urge to accumulate power. So um, this usually shows up in the workplace in the form of power is information, right? So typically a lot of leaders with leadership issues, um, they hoard information and don't tell their people what's going on because they think that that's somehow going to give them more power. Um, they also hoard jobs by not delegating because they think my people can't can't do that job when in reality, you need to give that power away, right? Now there is sometimes a notion that if I do that, then all of a sudden, you know, why, why would I be, why would I keep my job, right? If I delegate all my jobs away? Well, here's the thing, somebody's got a captain the ship, right? And your new skill set will be a, as a servant leader, keeping the ship afloat, not as the person who's doing all of the jobs on the ship, and all of a sudden your staff have, have just become your passengers on the ship. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So ask them for their feedback, understand they're constantly watching you, and serve them as well as you can. All right, next question. How can I gain value by serving others? You know, the, the one thing that I realize over time, especially having this business, is that the more that I serve other people, the more value I gain. Uh, so for example, this morning I had a pretty extensive, long uh, coaching session with a client of mine. I don't see her very often. That's why our sessions are so long. And every time I meet with this person, she has such a desire to grow and to, to make her life and others' lives better. I gain something from it. Sometimes I feel like I need to pay her just because I gain so much energy from it. Or when I go and I speak to a group of people um, and I know I'm there to, to serve them, it's it's just an experience for me where I gain so much peace and energy and, and new thoughts and new awareness and I learn from other people, right? And when we're constantly kind of what I call on guard, where we, we've got to, to make everything happen and make everything okay and good, um, we miss out on some of those new awarenesses and new learning. And, and we don't maybe plug into the peace and joy and happiness we can get by serving another person. Okay. So if you, if you're not familiar with this idea of serving your, your staff, I highly, highly request that you go out and you you try some of the things that we're talking about today and maybe even keep a journal of your reflections of your energy level or the, the new learnings that are going to come to you because I guarantee you that when you serve other people, something's going to come back to you. It's that law of reciprocation where if I send something out, it will come back to me. It always happens. Um, when you, whenever you have a thought of like something that you're missing or lacking, a great way to take care of that is honestly to go out and, and do the thing that you think that you're lacking. So for example, um, I remember having this thought one time, like I always hear people buy th things like in the, in, in McDonald's, right? The whole pay it forward idea. And I was like, nobody's ever done that for me. I would like that. And then I thought, oh, well, what if I do that? And so uh, I've created this this thought in the last five years, and it hasn't happened that many times, but anytime um, it's payday and I decide I want to go get something from a drive-thru, um, I will 
pay it forward for the next person. Now, I don't know what they do if they pass it on or not. That, that's not for me to know. Um, but I love that idea. And guess what? Several months ago, somebody did it for me, right? Now, we don't give an order that we receive. That's not why we're doing it. I'm just illustrating a law for you that when you give something out, you get it back. It might not be from that one person. It could be from somebody else or a different source, but it always comes back to you. That's a universal law. Okay, that's how you gain by serving other people. And what do I do best that helps me serve best? So this is where you really, if you've not done it before, I highly encourage you to take some sort of um, strength or personality test to help you understand a little bit more about yourself. So I have three ideas here. They're by no means the only ideas. They're just ones that I have used for myself and found very valuable. And I often suggest for my coaching clients that they do the same. So the DISC personality test, it really helps you understand more uh, in depth who you are. Um, not only the person that you appear to be out in public, but your private self, and then helps you understand the alignment between the two. If you're interested in, in this personality test, you can go online and, and Google it, search for it, you'll find some stuff. Uh, I don't believe at this time you can actually um, go through and take the test for yourself. Um, without paying for it. Um, however, if you want a more in-depth and personal um, opportunity to take this test, as well as a coaching appointment with me after to really go in-depth and in, uh, into that, let me know. I have access to all kinds of tools that we can use. So if you want to focus more on um, one particular type, so for example, communication, or um, maybe you're in sales leadership and you'd like to look at that. Or lately I've been doing some uh, for entrepreneurs where we look at all sorts of different things and how does that show up when you're trying to build a business, right? So if you're interested in that, let me know. We'll talk about that. Um, another one I find very valuable is the Strengths Finder 2.0. Uh, this is a book, so you can get it pretty cheaply. And you go through and you get a code and you take the test online and it will tell you your top five strengths. And I love the book because it, you look up each one of those and it tells you what work you should be doing and what work might not be the best for you. And when I took this for myself, I realized, oh my gosh, this is why this work feels really good and why this stuff doesn't necessarily feel so good. Okay, so um, then it will help you kind of align for your future. What are some things that I should be focusing on? And when you take the standout assessment, it's very similar, but it's a little higher level. So it's not as in-depth with your, your five um, strengths, but the standout assessment, let me just tell you that, that what it told me for my job is that I should be speaking on a stage where I can share with people the things that I've learned and the bigger the audience, the better. I'm not kidding you. That was my literal standout assessment, um, my uh, review at the end. Okay. So, uh, you know, you can, you can do any one of these or a combination of them, but honestly, it helps you understand yourself more so that you can serve other people better. Because if you're doing something that's not in alignment with who you are and it doesn't come easy to you and it's not natural, you're wasting a lot of energy. And when you can live in the truth of who you are and what you're about, everything comes easier, more natural faster, you have more momentum. And guess what? The passion comes out in your voice and people are attracted to that, which makes you a better servant.
All right, so another activity, uh, five minutes. You're gonna write down what is your first thought for each of these questions and how can you use that to serve others? So you're gonna do your own little assessment. Strengths, background, experience, what do you love? Where am I growing? Whatever the first thing is that comes to your mind in all of those, just write it down. And then when you have something down for all five, I want you to ask yourself, how can I use that to serve other people? All right, go. All right, and this is the last of our eight questions. It says, how can I inspire others to serve too? Because in reality, this empowerment leadership needs to go towards um, not just you inspiring other people, but them to be inspiring other people as well, right? So we wanna make sure that we are not only serving, but we're raising up a group of servants. Because when you do that, whew, man, your leadership ability soars to another level. All right, so there's really just one answer to this one, and that is to be the example, to model for them, okay? When people see you serving, they go, ooh, well, that's that's a different way. I'm, I'm gonna try that, right? And you set the tone for your team. So remember that you are always an example for your staff. It's your choice is just, am I going to be a good example or am I going to be a bad example? It's not to be an example. You're the leader. You are the example. Okay. And one key thing that helped me sort through some of my, I guess, beliefs around this area is now I think about it this way. Uh, let, let's use my children just because that's an easier example. But when my kids have a certain behavior or attitude or words that they use, I know that I've been an example for them. And so I say, you know what? My, my children are the best teacher and guide for me in my own growth and development because they'll say something or do something. And instead of correcting them in the moment, I first ask myself, how have I been an example of this? Now, it's not that way all the time, believe me, because my 12-year-old is so fond right now of saying, these are not my people. And I'm like, where did you even get this idea? Because I know I didn't teach you that, right? So I'm not saying it's, it's tried and true, but I want to ask myself, where have I been an example that, that they're, are they parroting this back to me, right? And if so, then I need to say, you know what? Maybe we have thought about this this way all this long. Well, how do we want to think about it? right? Or, okay, I, I, I can understand why he would say that because maybe I've said that to him, right? So being the example is kind of a two-edged sword here. You want to set out to be that good example. And when something comes back to you that shows you that maybe you weren't, do not put a lot of energy into correcting that in the other person. Put the energy back on you and say, what do I need to do so that I'm a better example. And I know that that might be counterintuitive, but I promise you when you do that, you're gonna see life in a different way. And eventually they are all going to take your example and they're not only going to do and say things in a different way, but later on down the road, you can actually teach them how to do this, how to take that feedback and turn it into something that's more positive as opposed to you know not handling it very well, okay? 
I know that might be a challenge for some of you, but you can do hard things. All right. Okay, so some of your homework here. Um, just a second, I'm going to move my head. There we go. All right, so a couple things. Um, do you know their dreams or definitions of success? So what I'd like you to do is I want you to think about your um, your inner circle or your closest team members. So maybe you're the boss and you have you know five or six people under you. Um, if you have a very large staff, I do not want you to do this for everybody. I want you to do this for a handful of people that you are very close to. Do you know their dreams and definitions of success? So write down their name and write down their definition of success. Now, if you don't, how could you figure that out? Yes, you could go ask them, right? Your goal is to understand what is their definition of success? What is their dream? Where do they want to go? So if you don't already know that, you need to add that to your list, okay? And then the other thing is related to you. So you are going to start measuring your success based on their success. And this is all the more reason why you need to understand what their definition of success is, right? So if you have a staff member and you're like, okay, here are all the, you know, the measures of success that we've created in our job. And they're just not, you know, they're not living up to their end of the deal, right? Maybe you go back and you say, okay, what is their definition of success? And you realize, ooh, they're not, they're not up there yet. Like it's going to be a while before they could get up to that measure of success that I really need them to be at, right? So maybe you go back a little bit and you say, ooh, okay, so what, what can we work on over here, right? And when they, they succeed at that one thing, you measure your success based on how well they succeeded. Okay. So if they got to their goal, you get a 10. All right. If they didn't, yeah, ask yourself, okay, was there something else I could have done, right? Now, it's not all on you. I'm not saying that because sometimes people, you know, will not get there for a whole number of reasons. But I want you to practice getting into the habit of measuring your success based on the how you support the, the people on your team and not necessarily on the outcomes, okay? If you need any help with that, by all means, you know, um, reach out. I would love to help you talk through that. Maybe um, think through how you can do that with your group of people. Um, again, in the resources section, you're going to have all eight questions. You can, um, I know I was working with a client not too long ago. I shared these questions with her and she said she went through and she laminated them and she has them at her desk because she wants to focus on them. You can do whatever you'd like with those. And then the guided imagery example, please take that and use it. If not with your, your um, people, use it with yourself. Maybe even take one goal as part of your homework and go through and, and think about that activity just a little bit more in depth than what we did, okay? Awesome. I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's added a tremendous amount of value to you. That is always my goal. Um, and I just say thank you so much. I do not take it lightly that you, you choose to spend your time with me or that you've invested this time and money into this course. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.